There were two more murders 15 miles away. Arrived, they found the telephone we have a electricity line weird described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Murder. When two sadistic personalities pair up, they can leave behind them an unimaginable body count. On October 29, 1945, a man named Leonard Lake was born. Alone, he was already a monster, but when he met his perfect partner in crime, the two took the lives of at least 11 men, women, and children. But, realistically, their body count was closer to 25. So, if you like your coffee hot, but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. On the morning of June 2nd, 1985, San Francisco police were called to deal with a shoplifting incident at a hardware store. A man walked out with a $75 vice, got into his car, and drove away. Another man came to pay for the item, and police asked to see his license, which he handed over with no issue. However, the photo on the ID and the man standing in front of them were very different. The ID contained the name Robin Stabley, but Robin Stabley had been reported missing several weeks ago by his family. Police checked his trunk and found a 22 caliber revolver with a silencer. They ran his plates, and it appeared that the car belonged to a man named Lonnie Bond. All of these strange inconsistencies were enough for police to bring him in for questioning. While there, they ran the VIN number for the car he was driving, and it was registered to a totally different person, Paul Costner, who had been missing for nine months. Before they could get any information from the man, he swallowed cyanide pills that he had sewn into his clothing and died four days later. So, who really was this man? Robin, Lonnie, or Paul? After results came in, police found that his name was actually Leonard Thomas Lake. Leonard started out as a troubled kid. He was sent to live with his grandmother when he was six after his parents separated. A grandmother who, upon discovering that he was taking nude photos of his sister, encouraged him to do so. He became obsessed with pornography and even extorted his sister to perform sexual acts. He collected mice and dissolved them in chemicals. A practice he would soon a practice he would take with him onto adulthood, but with human victims. He served two tours of duty in the Marine Corps and, after serving in the Vietnam War, was diagnosed with schizoid personality disorder after having a delusional breakdown. He was medically discharged in 1971. He began living in a commune and continued his obsession with violent porn. He made his own films that involved bondage and sadomasochism. Around 1981, after placing an ad in a war gamer magazine, he met fellow Marine Charles Ng. Charles, too, had been discharged, but his was dishonorable after serving time for theft and desertion. Leonard invited the man to live with him in a cabin he was renting. Next to the cabin, Leonard built a bunker of sorts that he called a dungeon. By the time Charles moved in, it is believed that this dungeon had already seen the murder of Leonard's brother, Donald, and a man named Charles Gunner. Once Charles arrived, the two became a murderous duo. They would rape, torture, and murder their victims, and often film the whole attack. After his arrest and suicide in 1985, police arrived at their bunker to find roughly 40 pounds of burned and crushed human bone fragments, 
two bodies, and a treasure map that led police to two buried buckets, one of which was filled with IDs and personal possessions, and the other with Leonard's handwritten journals and videotapes. The bucket with the IDs suggests a total of 25 victims, though some of the confirmed 11 victims are as follows. Lonnie Bond, his girlfriend Brenda O'Connor, who appeared on one of the videotapes being tortured, and their infant son Lonnie Jr., Harvey and Deborah Doves, who also appeared in a video, and their son Sean, Robin Stapley, Charles Gunner, Randy Johnson, Michael Carroll, and Kathleen Allen. According to reports, they would kill the men and infants immediately, but keep the women alive to rape and torture them before finally killing them. The home videos these men shot showed hogtied women, orgies, and young girls being tortured and forced to perform oral sex before being raped. Police estimated that 21 missing women were shown in these videos, some girls as young as 12. Six women were identified and found alive, but 15 more remained missing. The tapes, as well as the other evidence, helped police to identify Charles Ng, the man who stole the vice days before as Leonard's partner. Charles had an equally troubled childhood and was considered a problem from a very young age. He was sent from private school to private school for a range of issues before joining the Marines gave his violence an outlet. He fled and met Leonard Lake. They knew who they needed to arrest. The problem was Charles had already fled to Canada. He was finally arrested on July 6, 1985 for stealing a soda water from a department store and, when stopped, pulled a gun on the police. The 34-day manhunt was far from the ending. While Charles was captured and off the streets, Canada took six years to extradite him back to the United States. Of course, he blamed the whole thing on the now-dead Leonard Lake during interviews. Charles used every stall tactic in the book, from firing his defense team to suing the state over if he was allowed to do origami. His trial officially began on October 26, 1998, and ended with Charles Ng being found guilty of 11 counts of murder. He was sentenced to death on May 3, 1999, and remains on death row. The trial was considered a massive legal fail and cost the state of California $20 million. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on October 30th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime-obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy-to-listen-to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.